is Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hi, Ash. Hi, Mel. And hi, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Jeans and a Nice Top. I just realized, like, I never say hi, listeners. You always say it. And it's like, I hate the listeners and I just refuse to acknowledge I love the listeners. <laughs> I love you guys. Mel is that guy who you went on one date with and never called you back. I, <laughs> I text you. I'm dependable. You're the, you're the dependable boyfriend type. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you? It's been a while. It feels like it it's has. been a while, but I don't think it has been. No, it's just because we haven't actually seen each other in a mm. while. Outside of this podcast, Mel and I are actually friends, yeah, not just co-hosts, and we haven't seen each other in a while, so it feels weird to be yeah. seeing Yeah, maybe camera. that's what it is. It's like I usually see Ash like once a week-ish in person yeah. outside of recording, and then here we are just well, hey, looking at each other on a screen. Truly, just a vision as always. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. Just business as usual. Yeah, Nothing same. new to report. Tell me about you. What's happening? Well, I went to a health retreat, so that was interesting. Good. I love a health retreat. They're <laughs> great. Did you enjoy it? Look, like I think in hindsight I did. I think in practice it was much harder than I thought it was going to be and like there's so much change and I'm just so bad at change, Ash. Like, fuck. I feel like I'm getting older and I'm getting worse at it, which is not good. But I'm like this tiny little needy baby about things being just so all the time. And so basically I went and it was like, you're only eating healthy food and you're not having coffee and there's no internet and there's no phone reception. So, and I was like, whoa. And then I like, you know, got used to that. But then I got used to it this, the day before we had to leave and then we leave and I had just like got, I literally got flung straight back into pub culture. Like Tom picked me up from the airport and we just went straight to a friend's birthday at the Ooh. Bolo and then we're just drinking, drinking, drinking and then to another pub and then like I had a mental breakdown like on the Sunday and I was just like, I can't do this. I'm like losing my mind. I, I My body doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Just too much internet and alcohol all at once after not yeah. having it for a week. So it's hard to like I get I went to one for a week and it's hard to sort of recalibrate back into the yes, real world. That's but also, the hard part. I left very virtuous, like I'm going to continue this mm-hmm. and then like beat myself up two weeks later when I couldn't continue like a thousand calories of raw foods a day and fourteen kilometer hikes in the mornings and yoga before sunrise. Oh my god. And I then know. I was just like damn it, I can't keep this up and go to work and be a human in the world. But Things that I thought I was going to do was no gluten. I bought this $17 seed bread. (laughs) Delicious. I I love those. (laughs) I'm I'm eating this. Do you want it? Because I ate one piece and I almost threw up. I was like, there's too many seeds. They're dense. I love the density. It's so dense though, Ash. It's just like Mm. eating bird seed in a loaf. (laughs) Yeah. Toasted with a bit of lure packs. Oh. I'm gonna bring it to you. It's in the freezer. Excellent. <laughs> it's yours. Excellent. I was like, no coffee. Guess who's had a coffee every day pretty much since? Yeah, um, no coffee's hard, man. I well, at least I went down to a week cap, which is so embarrassing to order. But my theory was I shouldn't have been having coffee anyway because I have anxiety. It's not been great this year, and. I was like, hmm, things that you could change in your life, an easy fix would be stop 
giving yourself caffeine every single day when you really totally, and need like that constant switched like switched on with technology and always having people have access to you like how did you find that being away without your oh, phone god I think that's what like threw me as well because you sort of get back and you again you have all these grand plans to like and I, I have I've turned a lot of notifications off so it's more like when I want to go and check what people Social have said me I will yeah. check as opposed to being kind of at the mercy of when people message you but, yeah yes you're just so much more aware of how much people want things from you from like work to personal life friends and it's like through a whole day it's like you've got your emails coming in constantly and there's constantly things you've got to be doing slack messages from friends slack yeah it's just so much so yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know it just the whole thing through me i think you can go to those things and the only way you'll actually be able to sustain the lifestyle that you were living is if you literally live like you've got a nice cruisy job that does not is not high demand people wise. Like you don't work in like, say like, I think retail, you wouldn't be able to do it because you'd go straight back into like needing to like zing, zing, help zing. people constantly. Anything where you have to deal with people is not going to work for you. You need to be like a, like a vet that doesn't talk to people. Or like a grave digger. <laughs> yeah. Like a grave digger would have a great, a great I'm, time at a health retreat. <laughs> and then they would have a great, response afterwards <laughs> well i'm pretty sure we have no grave diggers that listen to this podcast but if you do mindfulness huh? and grave digging really from <laughs> the full circle of life oh speaking of life i was going to tell you about the show that i'm watching oh yes tell me so stale aussie tv shows i don't know i feel like people that listen to this podcast come here for dating advice relationship advice and what's the next stale Aussie show I'm going to watch on TV. Yeah, I've got a great one. What did you watch? (laughs) Well, guess what landed on Netflix last week? The Secret Life of Us, The Secret Life of Us. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) And also Netflix is upping their Aussie drama. There have been Tangled just came on. There are wall-to-wall Aussie dramas on Netflix at the moment. I I just rewatched A Beautiful Lie, which is a 2015 miniseries that was on the ABC in 2015. Yeah. And <laughs> I watched it then, loved it, and I rewatched it last week and loved it. It's so good. If you are thinking you're going to cheat on your partner, you should watch this show. Why? What's the what, because it just, the gist? So she's like she's this um woman with a kid and a big house and the per- it's and the perfect husband and then she meets this like young musician dude at the airport and then mm. she decides to just like she's in love and she just sets her whole life on fire and just burns her husband and the kid and goes to be with him and it's a disaster spoiler alert like it did not work out as a fairy tale I'm like if you're thinking about cheating on your fella Watch this Watch first. a beautiful eye. Yeah. Love it. Well, you just told everyone hours. the story, so I yeah, my bad. what but, I mean, it's, to watch. But. It's, still, it's cinematically, it's a, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's great. It's a thing of beauty. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. I will watch it because I've yeah, heard it's a lot really of people good. talking about it. Um, but, yes, no, Secret Life of Us. So I feel like I was that little bit too young for Secret mm. Life of Us when it came out, like probably only by – like I would have been a teenager and it's very much a 20-something show, 20-something, almost 20-something to 30-something. It's kind mm. of 
the vibe of, so for anyone that doesn't know anything about it, because if you're younger than me, you probably don't even know what it is. It's basically a bunch of young Aussies living in an apartment complex in St Kilda in Melbourne. And it's sort of, they've all interact with each other. Like they're all kind of friends, but mm. um, there's also relationships across different apartments and stuff. And, you know, you've got like the high-powered doctor in Claudia Carvan, and then you've Love got, like, her. the struggling writer who is played by that guy with the hair. Samuel Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> the guy with the hair. Mel, Did everyone not know who I meant? The guy with the hair. Hey. He always looks like he's rolled off the bed in the middle of the night and then gotten up in the morning and just entered the world. We've all dated that guy. We have all dated the Samuel L. Johnson of this world. We have. We have. Um, But, yep, so him and he plays the guy that you have dated. Like, he is the soft boy. He's just so – he's just such a mess physically and, like, emotionally, you know. And then there's other people that, like, are around. They're they're kind of the core too. And then there's just – oh, Deborah Mailman is in it. Um, Love Deborah Mailman. I know, such a ledge. She just makes every show better. Like, there is not something that Deborah Mailman is in. Like, Offspring without Deborah Mailman? Not Total good. Control, great. Even I don't even like Aussie politics, but Total Control had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Um, the Sapphires? I just watched that. One of my favourite movies. Humble. Who's that guy? Why are you so obsessed with that movie? Chris O'Donnell? Yes. Another one that looks like he's he, another type of man who just rolls onto the floor. He may sleep. They may sleep under the bed. Like that may be the, not in the it. essence of their physicality is that they sleep under, not on the bed. And then they just get up in the morning. Do they shower? Do they? It's not like they smell. It's not like they, this type of guy does not smell. It's just like something about them just constantly looks unkempt. It's. They're impossible to zhuzh up. You know, you, you could you could put them in a suit and they would still look somehow Messy. crumpled. Yeah. It's impossible. Messy. Anyway, um, but yeah, The Sapphires is like one of my favorite movies. It may be my favorite movie, and I have That's I don't it's just feel call. good. It's, it's just good. good. It's just fucking good movie. Like it's great acting. Jessica What's Her Face sings amazingly. Jessica Malboy, can you please how are you not like <laughs> I don't know anyone at this point. Jessica Malvoy's amazing. Deborah Melsman's amazing. Miranda Tapsell, amazing. There you go. I had a whole name. Shari Sevens, amazing. Amazing. I, she's Who the great. Fuck's that? Who's that? She's the other Sapphire. Oh, the other okay. Oh yep. my god. Gotcha. <laughs> I saw her not too long ago in the line for the Lou at the pub, and when I came back to the table, I was like, "Oh, Clutch, guess who I just saw?" And he's like, "Ugh, which like." Aussie in inverted commas icon now and I was like the chick from the sapphires and he was like I don't know what you're saying <laughs> nobody knows the sapphires I swear like you no. say the sapphires and people are like what is that movie and then you're Truly. like it's just the best movie of our time don't worry about it <laughs> uh, what but are you are oh, you watching beautiful life I'm watching me. beautiful life. I have watched that yes I mean I've polished it off i loved it what about tangled are you gonna hit that one again i'm gonna hit tangled next i'm still uh just finishing off season 10 of call the midwife so oh, uh yes call the midwife, call the midwife. everyone Beautiful. loves this show and i've never gotten into it but you it's love a so good, like, wholesome you love a good woman who is like out here helping people I love it struggling I, yes absolutely i just love 
a pioneer woman, someone <laughs> who is pioneering and trailblazing and getting it done. Yeah. But today's episode has <laughs> nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> has, as per usual, what have you got for us? <laughs> well, I have been thinking, and I, I well, I, I hadn't been thinking. Essentially, I um, I don't. We don't really talk about work much on here, probably because I like to keep it separate. But for the first time, I'm going to reference a story from L Australia, which is where I work, and so uh, my gal Lucy who is in my team and is amazing and is a listener of this podcast. So hi, Lucy. She's a good one. Shout out, Very awkward that someone in my team listens to me just going on about my sex life and my dating life and all my bullshit, but here we are. Uh, She wrote – well, she pitched a story to me and she basically said, look, I want to write about how long it took me to get over my breakup. And so she was in a relationship for a few years – in her 20s, um, in her early 20s, and um, her partner broke up with her and basically said, and this is all in the story, I'm not just like throwing her under the bus with personal This is public knowledge. This is public knowledge. Uh, she basically, he broke up with her by saying he wasn't in love with her anymore and it threw her, she wasn't expecting mm. it. And she just went through, like it took her almost as long as the relationship was to move on Fully, And even to this day, she sort of says in the article that she wrote for Elle um, that she still has bits of baggage connected to it. And it kind of made – and she sort of talks also in the article about how why do we put this pressure on ourselves to – and on other people, I think, as well – to move on from relationships or dating things or anything, crushes – so quickly like we kind of have this attitude of like nah you got to get over this grieving periods over like get back in the game get under someone to get over them get back out their vibes and I do it like fuck I do it all the time like when my sister was she's with back with her ex so her boyfriend now they had a little brief moment where they split up and I remember kind of feeling like putting this pressure on her to go on a date because I was sort of like, no, you got to get out there. you got to like, you know, and it's like, but why do she's we do that? She's just like, get away from she me, Mel. Like, I just want to care for my house plants. <laughs> totally. And also it's always like if someone else was doing that to you, like not you, but like anyone, you would hate it, but you just yeah. seem to do it when it's your friend. Like, yeah, but then you're like, so why weird. am I doing this? Like, if they were doing that to me, I would be so rattled by it. But suddenly it's like the only response you have is like, Ah, come on, old sport. Like, go up you get. Dust yourself off. <laughs> yeah. Old sport. <laughs> Just like that. That's how I say it. But, yeah, no, I, I, it's so weird. And, um, uh, you know, it's what I think is really important. Well, I personally think is important and I think I want to make people feel better about is that mm. – I the relationships or not even relationships the things the the things that involve me somewhat dating a guy in some capacity that have broken me the most and that have caused the most grief for me and have taken the longest to get over have been things that lasted both the the two scenarios I can even think of right now were 2 to 3 month semi relationships we weren't officially together Uh, We Mm. were dating definitely, but not exclusive, not Mm. – oh, one was exclusive, like not boyfriend and girlfriend basically. No, no, no. No labels. Yeah, no labels. And both of them ruined me for 
you know, one for years and then the Mm. other one for, um, you know, a few months. And even to this day, I feel like I'm very happy in a relationship and um, very much committed to that. But I think if I saw them, it would still, like, hit my guts. Yeah. And I think Mm. that is not to do with wanting to be with them. It's to do with how that relationship thing impacted me. And you hear a lot about, like, I think in the group we've had this a few times as well in the Facebook group, Jeans and a Nice Top on Facebook, if you want to come and join us, uh, of people that say, you know, how do I get over this person? We only dated for a couple of weeks, but I'm just so sad about it. And it's like, yeah, and that's okay. Like, that's okay. And it's like this humiliation or this shame that we feel when we date someone or it doesn't matter how long or short the relationship was when other people start to sort of put this pressure on us or society puts this pressure on us or something uh where we feel like no I should be over this by now and I'm not and now it's embarrassing to be crying at night or to be feeling sad about them or listening to that song and crying on the floor with a Tim Tam you know there's there's quite a big stigma attached I think to grieving what uh what wasn't so you know even when you look across the board with different issues like miscarriage we expect people to just dust themselves off yes. and like don't cry about it too long like you know what are you grieving like let's move on and it's the same with those relationships well not the same but in a similar vein those sort of relationships that weren't you're still grieving saying because you're grieving the future that could have been you're grieving the past you're you know you're getting really introspective and looking at what you did wrong, the circumstances, if they were different, you can't help but really spiral in that situation if you thought it was going somewhere. A hundred percent. And like, I think now when I think back, particularly Mm. like, so I feel like everyone fucking knows what these relationships are at this point. I've talked about them enough. There was a guy last year who broke my heart. We've talked about that many times. And then there was a guy- There was a guy a few years ago, um, the one that carries a lot of sunscreen, who Ash ran into once with all of his sunscreen. Sunscreen guy. Um, And, you know, probably thinking more back to sunscreen guy. Mm. (laughs) Sunscreen guy. Such a perfect name for him. (laughs) Um, Now that's been years and I feel like I very much processed why I grieved. And I grieved because, and I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but I found out that he – started seeing someone quite quickly after we split. Um, Mm. I knew the person in some sort of way and that was probably a bigger factor in why it hurt me so much was I felt very rejected. Um, And there were other factors in my own life. I was going through some like eating issues, like I was getting Mm. too skinny, really obsessed with getting skinny and and tiny and, and kind of had had for a few years been very much focused on like I wouldn't like I wasn't like not eating I was just eating not enough calories at all and and like obsessive healthiness I suppose and and kind of had convinced myself that if I got skinny I would attract guys and I would have this relationship and it would be amazing and then what I'd actually done is just completely destroy my self-esteem so when that happened with this with sunscreen guy it all culminated. I think it would have been like that was the perfect storm to just set me into like a hole. And I spent a whole year every week seeing a psychologist crying like Ash was there. Ash has dealt with Mm. all of this. Just 
a broken person. Like I was yeah. broken that year. It was fucked. And um, you really rebuilt though. I you did, recovered. yeah. You rebuilt. Really there's a happy ending to this. There's story. a happy ending. There's I'm a happy here ending. And I'm happy she and has, I'm good. she has rebuilt. Yes, and like you know, I think it's a real testament to like seeking help and just going. You know what? I am at rock bottom, and it's okay to be at rock bottom for a while and to just slowly rebuild. And I think that for me was, in hindsight, I did have people, some people in my life that. You know, it gets frustrating. It's hard. Like, it's, I'm empathetic to this because it is fucking hard to just listen to somebody moaning on and on and on about somebody. Absolutely. That and we've all had that friend who just keeps, like, they're just down and out and they just keep talking about it. Or the, I guess that one of the things I struggle with in this situation is a friend who just keeps self-sabotaging. Yes. Like, they keep texting them and driving past their house and, like, they mine mutual friends for information when they don't. They don't want that information, that yes, self-sabotage. We, we all have done it. But when you see a friend spiralling and really just not taking good advice but asking for a lot of advice, that's a tricky situation. Yeah. And yet whenever you're in that situation, you seem to just do as the Romans do and ignore friends' advice and drive past their house. Yes. And like, 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 like a bath. Like a, literally like a, you are being a psychopath. You're being crazy. I'm just telling you right now, if that's something you're doing, don't do that. Stop doing it. It's weird. We all, we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all done it. But also imagine mm. like as someone who's currently not doing it, but has done it. Imagine if they did see you. How are um, you? I also, what's, I also what's the context here? Why is no one like literally no one has texted me after a breakup and been like, text me drunk and be like I miss you Ash literally no one's driven past my house no one has asked questions no about one. me to mutual friends like when people bre- and I break up like it is done I am dead to them and I'm just like great I, know. I love that self-control I don't have it but I love that you have it love that they've got it like I same I feel like all my exes anyone not even exes anyone that I have ended it with has never goes away. <laughs> they have never looked for you. It's just like they would think like, who's a brunette girl? Yeah. I think she was a lawyer. No, she was a journalist. Well, <laughs> I believe. And you're just like, Melanie, oh, I, I literally like remember your mum's favourite food and I never met her. Like that's Holy. the level I'm on. I know your middle name. I know your phone number off by heart. I remember I... your housemates, like everything. <laughs> yeah. I remember then, it all. Oh, my God. Have you? Because I've definitely done this. Have you been out and seen like their friend that you met one fucking time and then you go up and say hi and that they literally look at you like they don't even know who you are? And you're just like, oh, that one fun night of, you know. <laughs> frivolity we had at the pub meant nothing to you I see well great oh my god why do we do it to ourselves and we convince ourselves that it's normal like we're like this is so normal to do like it's I I have to say I I must go and say hello to Brian who I met for 20 minutes when we ran into him on the street one time after getting a kebab like I have to 2014 as well Brian what's up it's me I dated Paul for a week you know like literally me <laughs> it's so good. I don't, don't usually run into the the adjacents. So I always just run into the person themselves. So yeah, you do. Luckily, um, I guess I've got that as a sort of well, it's kind of better, but it's kind of worse at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually meant to tell you that I ran into. It finally happened to me. 
I ran into a guy I had dated. I ran into them at the coffee shop. I was with Tom. We were walking. We were on a walk because I forced him to go on all these walks last weekend because I'd been walking so much on the health retreat. So he Exercise had to walk nice. in his fucking docks. And I'm in my, like, active wear. And he's like, why are we doing a 35-minute walk to the cafe? We could have just driven. But anyway, we're, like, waiting for a coffee and this guy walks out and I was like, oh. And I said hi because everything ended amicably. Mm. And my, so my instinct was just to say hi. Yeah. Um, and – I feel like possibly he did not want to talk to me, but <laughs> there he was. He's gonna get and then anyway. I had to be like, this is my boyfriend, Tom, which is Ooh. very uncomfortable because we dated right before I met Tom. So it was like, here's the guy that I did decide to continue dating. But it wasn't like that. Like, it was fine. Like, obviously, it was like not anything. Oh, wait, I think I know who times. this is. Yeah, we'd only been oh. out a few times. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> And so, yeah, we only went out a few times. It was fine. It was it was nothing, but it was just so uncomfortable because then we both had to wait for our coffees for like it was like a fifteen minute coffee wait. Um, oh. So I just really got deep into the story of the health retreat. Like I went to town on the health retreat story. You know, I was like, how much more can I milk to help us both out? Because I could feel that we just had to create some conversation. Tom's just standing there, not really contributing, really, un- really unhelpful, frankly. And then, yeah, we just. Oh, Clatch never contributes. He has oh. this idea that he hates small talk. He says, I'm, I'm big talk only. I only do big talk. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah. But he refuses to do small talk. So, like, if I run into someone on the street, I'm having a yarn for 20 minutes. It's like someone I used to work with or yeah. whatever. He will sit there, stand there, sit yes. there in silence. And I'm, Save. I'm like, Say something. <laughs> like, is wrong with you and he's like mm-hmm. Tom just we'll doesn't talk. really like Tom's very like he talks when there's a purpose to it which is kind of similar but not that he's off small talk like I've seen him make small talk but he won't like I'm such a I just like I reckon in a day Tom uses like 150 words and I would use like 15,000 or something you know what I mean like he's just he's very much like a considered talker um, and I'm used to it now and, and like, you know, you, you find that balance, but it's so weird. Like at first when we used to run into people or like, yeah, be at a party or whatever. And I'm just making small talk with someone that I don't really know. And then he'll like, he'll say like two quite profound things or something, but he's not like a, no. that makes him sound like Yoda. I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I mean? He just, I do. He, I do. Contributes when it makes he's a man of too. He's a man of few words. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, anyway, sorry, that was a derail, but yes, just back to, to yes, <laughs> back to the episode. If we, if we had a partner for this uh, episode, we could have slot a little ad in there. We could have. We don't. <laughs> so we'll just keep talking. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, um, we were going on about shit you shouldn't do, yeah, which so, really has nothing so to do with it. What, what do you think as well? So you've been seeing this person for a few months. Mm. They've ended it. You're devastated. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that there is no, and I mean, it's crux this whole episode, there is no right or wrong length um, to, in inverted commas, get over it or, you know, forget about them. But I do think that there is um, a length of time where you would stop sort of publicly grieving that relationship yeah. and maybe get a little bit more introspective. Like, sure, they text you on a Sunday night. They're like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm not really feeling it anymore. Call your best mate. Call your mum. Have a howl. You know, sort of spe- 
spend that week gingerly getting around, you know, catch up with mates, sort of, you know, wallow. But I just would think like a few months down the track, if you are still like bringing them up, being like, oh, you made banana bread. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was his favourite food. Oh, and no, like your that. friends are just like, can we not? Like if all roads lead back to that person, I would say that is the time to maybe consider where you're at with it and how you can progress your healing as opposed to dwelling. Yeah, like I think I don't think saying don't put pressure on yourself to move mm. on in an in a particular amount of time. Yeah. I don't think that then gives you license to burden everybody else around you no. with your grieving because I no. think that it's Everybody has a limit of their, you know, and we all feel it. Like, fuck, do we all feel it right now in this, like, time of existence? Like, we only have so much to give. And even your best, best friends and your family, they have a limited amount of resources to give, you know. And so I think there's a period of time where they, you know, they love you, so they will give you all of it, basically, but then if you are constantly – They'll drain the tank. Yeah, if you're constantly draining their tank, there's only going to be resentment that builds up, and it's not fair. I think what mm. – I'm a talker and I like processing things so much. Outwards. And that's why I think I'm an oversharer because I'm not actually mm. oversharing because I give it – like because I'm obsessed with myself. I like to spread it because it's like if I just used you as my soundboard for things – you would just get exhausted. But if I'm using 10 different people in my life, yeah. it's like, okay, well, Ash has heard so much shit today and I'm sad, so let me text this person yeah. because I haven't talked to them about it for a while. And then, you know, because some people just actually need that processing of things, that outward processing. The, the, I guess the hard thing about being an outward processor, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are, not me because I'm a Scorpio and I talk to no one and just cry <laughs> on my carpet alone. I wouldn't but- even know if, if Ash had... God forbid, broken up with Clutch, I wouldn't even know about it. You wouldn't it even would, hear about it. I no would have to would hear ask about it. how Clutch is going and then she would tell me and it would be like six months. You're Tom in this situation. I would be like, Tom reckons yeah. that one time he didn't tell his parents that he broke up with his girlfriend for eight months. Eight months after their relationship ended. He and you know, I like, were peas in the pod. <laughs> but the problem with outward processes is that – people so you're already grieving you're grieving this relationship you're you sort of you're outward processing but then as people get tired of hearing it and they they their tank runs low what do they do they withdraw from you and then mm-hmm. as more and more people are withdrawing from you your self-esteem is going lower and lower because now you're like got no got no man got no mates everyone's avoiding me everyone and you just start piling on top of yourself then and it's just mm. like this vicious cycle of people running out of bandwidth and then pulling away from you and then I just feel like it's smart to like spread it around friends because if you have got one friend, you would notice them pulling away, no doubt. Yeah. And I, and like in saying that, like, mm. I also do definitely agree with you that there will come a time. And I think people know it to a degree yeah. where you have to stop it. fucking talking about it and just start saying, no, nah, not talking about that anymore. I'm moving on. And that's not that you mean, going to mean that you have to be over it. It just means that you know, there will reach a point where there's nothing productive that can come out of talking about it with somebody anymore. And you need to just go, I'm feeling shitty and sad. It's a Sunday. I'm going to 
put my runners on and go for a walk or I'm going to, you know, go to the gym or I'm going to read a book in the park in the sun. Like go and do the things that will give you that um, serotonin and and things. I actually had a really cool um, little – it was a little, yeah, we should like, put that in the group, yeah, like things right. that raise your serotonin, things that raise your dopamine, like things that really hook into those neurotransmitters and give you a boost. Yeah, because that's really all you're needing. Like you're, you're just, you're feeling, I don't know, I'm so pragmatic, I'm just so pragmatic and it's such a realist um, and I just see things very clinically sometimes. But I honestly believe that like, you know, when you're feeling shit about the past relationship, your perspective can change so easily by just doing a few little things to raise those levels in your body. And it's not that you won't be sad anymore, but you'll just, it's manageable sadness. It's stuff that you don't need to like, you know, then go and have a cry on the phone to your friend about. You kind of feel like more empowered and more like able to just. It's more melancholy. Yeah. Than like deep depression but then also in saying that if you have cannot get over something you just cannot get past it and you are devastated off to the gp you go mental health plan you go seek a psychologist ask around your mates hey have you got a good psychologist if you don't already have one get one it's the best 200 bucks you'll spend in a week oh it's even cheaper you know half price on the mental health plan but go and talk to someone everyone talks to someone now it's like yeah And I think that, like, when, like, it shouldn't be embarrassing that you need to see a therapist because you have gone through a a split or someone's broken up with you. Like I said, sunscreen guy, in hindsight, at the time, I thought I was devastated over him. In hindsight, my self-esteem was in such a bad place that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It had nothing to do with him, really. Like, yes, I liked him. Yes, I wanted to continue dating him. In hindsight, I don't think it would have worked out anyway. But it wasn't but about him, hey. It, it was wasn't about, about you. him. And it rarely is about them because I just yeah. think that, you know, people, I just, you know, you know, I don't believe in the one. I I just think that you, your goal in life, if you want a relationship, is to find somebody who is like, you know, partner in crime is such an annoying fucking term, but it really is that. Yeah. It's like a person that you love having in your life that yeah. is your, like one of your closest um, you know, a, a bestie that you want to have sex with, basically, <laughs> and you know, Truly. in some capacity. I don't even think best. Like, there's a whole other combo about whether your partner should be your bestie, and that's not what I'm saying. But like, a bestie that you want to have sex with is what you really want here. And so, you know, even if it's you see it with people where they, you know, get cheated on, and then their relationship d- is destroyed based off that betrayal. It's about the betrayal. It's about the fact that this person and all your future plans with this person are gone and then they also betrayed you in the process and that's what you're working through, not, oh, my God, my life's over because this person left me. No, your life is not over. You will have more beautiful experiences in your life. You will meet more amazing people. Your hurt and your pain and your grief Mm. is all tied to how the actions that this person, you know, well, how their actions impacted you. And, you know, and all that shit. So, yeah, a therapist Mm. is totally understandable. What's the difference between someone who is with someone for 20 years and their partner, you know, leaves them for another person out of nowhere? What's the difference from that to somebody who finally meets a person that they like and they get along with and that they have great sex with or whatever, who then breaks up with them out of nowhere? 
both scenarios, it's your whole future just went up in flames out of all of a sudden you've got a shit ton of disappointment, a shit ton of fear and anxiety about the future. That's the same thing, you know? So it's okay to be grieving your tiny little short-lived relationship just like it's okay to grieve a divorce. Absolutely. And if you are going through, you know, after going through big bust-ups and, you know, little bust-ups, it's funny, sometimes the little ones hurt you harder because you don't have the admin to get through. So like Mm. when you break up with someone and you live together, first thing is, where am I going to live? Like what? Like there's so many things like you have to change your whole life to break out this person. We got to split the money. We got to split all the things like you own a lot of stuff together. The admin kind of keeps you in this state of like a high functioning flux. Like you, you don't have time to be sad because you're trying to find a flat or, you know, you, you're trying to get all this stuff done. And then when the chips fall, that's when you have time to be sad when you have moved into your flat and you're alone and, mm. you know, all those things happen. But when you bust up after a short amount of time, there's nothing to keep you occupied. There's no way. Totally. You didn't own a dog together. You're good. You can go. And then you're like, oh, I'm just sad straight away. Yeah. That's my little theory. It could be completely incorrect. No, I think that's true because there's no process in a short breakup, like in a short-lived relationship. It's a text. Goodbye. I'm not feeling this anymore. That's it. And then then there's no reason for them. Like like when when my long-term relationship, when my first relationship ended, there was so much like, oh, I need to go get this from your house. And I didn't live with them, but I had to go get this from their house and you have to go get this there. And there's a there's a, there's more to it. It's not just the final text. It's like, oh, we've mm. got to go do all this stuff so we have to see each other again. And that's painful, but it's also kind of eases the instantaneousness of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas Absolutely. when it's – and especially, especially someone that you weren't really dating – because it is just a text, usually. It's a text. And you don't have mutual Love friends. Text. No. There's no reason why you'll see them again. So you literally like, Bye. wow, that person's just gone. See ya. Real hard to deal with. So, yeah. But, but I think, yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, just to wrap this episode up, what would be your final piece of advice, Mel, if someone has just split up with someone, they're devastated, they're not. They're not coping. They can't see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. What would you say to them? What would you give advice-wise? I think the therapy thing is probably, to be honest, now that you've Mm -hmm. said it, the most important to me because I think that we get like we can, you know, we we just feel too embarrassed to go to a psychologist and say, I'm struggling because this person who I dated for four weeks broke up with me. We don't think it's important enough or something or like our feelings aren't valid because, oh, it wasn't a big breakup. Oh, it was just some person that I was seeing. And I, but I think like, don't, don't judge yourself, you know, like no psychologist is going to judge you for that. And if they are, then they're a really bad psychologist and you should report them. (laughs) But also it's valid. It's valid because it could be like Mel and it's valid to see them because you're seeing them because this was the final straw in a long list of self-esteem shit. Like it might not be about that four-week thing. Not at all. And like we've talked about micro, you know, micro disappointments and how hard dating can be um, in this day and age. It can be little incremental disappointments that just snowball 
And so if you finally meet somebody that you're like, whoa, we click and this is good and it's finally happening for me and then suddenly it isn't, that is, it's so normal for that to really impact you. And I think, yeah, go, by all means, go get a mental health plan and see a psychologist if you are just Mm -hmm. broken from this thing because there's no shame in seeking help. And sometimes you'll find that there were other factors that you really needed to work on within that as well, or maybe not. And you just need to talk about it for a few sessions and that's fine too. What about you? Absolutely. Uh, I would definitely say that length regardless, get back on the horse. It It's tough. It's so tough dating, but it's so rewarding when you do meet someone, as we all know, because we've all met someone at some stage and found that really rewarding in in itself until it ended but at the time it was really <laughs> rewarding so just no, try not right. to let to try not to let this derail you because there's you're gonna make someone great yeah and actually we didn't really talk about that and I do just quickly want to say because I still back <laughs> what I said to my sister about going getting back out there and going on a date I don't think it's for everybody but I don't expect that you're going to go on this first date after a split or after a disappointment and feel like super fucking excited to go meet this person. Woo, I can't wait no. this date. You're going to not want to go. I did not want to go on my date with Tom. I was so exhausted. I had gone through all that shit with this other person. I had just started a new job. I was so not in the mood for it. Um, and even to be honest, the date was great, but I wouldn't say it was like fireworks, amazing. There was too much going on in my life for me to be like fully present, I think. It was just a really yeah. good date and I wanted to go again and again and again. And then here we are now, you know, and and I know so many people whose relationships started where they didn't really want to go on that first date and in some cases didn't have like a shockingly amazing first date or anything, but they continued to see the person because there was a spark, because they liked them, like not because they were just like, <laughs> I wasn't like dragging my feet <laughs> having to date yeah. Tom every week. But, you know, over time the feelings grow um, because you're letting go of other baggage that you had going on in your life and, you know, naturally you're getting to know this new person and they're pretty special and then they become more special than the other person. You know, I think that expect it to be a process. Don't expect that you – don't feel like you need to be going out dating and feeling shit hot about doing it you might literally want to do anything else but go on that date but I do agree I think it's a good thing to do just to prove to yourself it's so nice just to sit in front of someone who is giving you full attention oh yeah it's weird it's nice to feel nice it is nice to feel nice nice to feel nice truly so yeah that's a very good point ash um, and on that note, yeah. thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us anywhere. You really can. You can find us on the street. Drive past our house. Please don't. Please don't Please drive don't. past my house. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> people really know where we live now. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>